Welcome to the Eucharist Podcast with Wyoming Catholic College, responding to the call for Eucharistic renewal by sharing wisdom in God's country. I'm Jeremy Holmes, Academic Dean at Wyoming Catholic College. And I'm Kyle Washett, its President, and welcome to this episode. Today I am joined by Dr. Adam Cooper, uh, who teaches primarily in humanities here at Wyoming Catholic College and has a special love for lyric poetry. And I've asked him to join me today to talk about George Herbert's poem, Love Three. Uh, George Herbert, as I recall, uh, is a was a 17th century Anglican divine. Uh, Adam was telling me uh, he's a country parson. Um, and I thought we could start today um, just by reading this poem, and before we, we dive into it. Adam, would you, would you care to read? Sure. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be here. I, the unkind, ungrateful, oh, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Love bade me welcome. What, what, what's the scene here? How, do, how does this how does this open? Yeah, it seems like we're in a scene that occurs in uh, throughout the throughout literature, the Bible, Homer, even where uh, the get, the host is welcoming the guest uh, into his home. And in this case, the host is uh, love itself. Um, and of course, in, in a, as in a Christian context, one cannot but think of the first letter of John, God is love. Um, you know, it will become apparent as we go through later. This is Christ, who is God, who is love. So we have a we have a very unusual host. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So so there's this welcome, uh, and then <laughs> my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. You know. This almost makes sense, right? <laughs> My soul drew back guilty of sin. Okay, yeah. What does it mean to be guilty of dust? Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard uh, the idea that the speaker here is referring to his creatureliness, the fact that he's uh, made of dust, made of stuff and not... Um, and therefore not worthy of this welcome. But I've always been more attracted to the idea that 
that maybe our dust settles on our soul in, in the sense that we're uh, maybe just in the routine of life um, and maybe just in the kind of weariness of life, maybe because we get into um, habits that are less than attentive or so you're close saying to the there, heart there, of things. There's we sort sin, of, which is the actual like doing bad, yeah, whatever, but then there's the sort of the dust of sin that settles down right. into all the cogs and over all the, uh-huh. the tablecloth and on the dishes, and it's not exactly sin, but it's sort of the grime. Right, yeah. Or even it's omission rather than commission or something yeah. where um, just not ready for something full, deep, something that calls on you, something that um, easier to... Um, and I think actually that opening, that kind of drawing back is the movement of the speaker throughout the poem that's finally overcome in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, my sense is that we'll see it escalate. He draws back more and more uh-huh. forcefully uh-huh. as we get into it. Uh-huh. But, um, but, but quick-eyed love. That, I was really struck by the description of love as quick-eyed. You know, and I was thinking that to be quick-eyed is a characteristic of real love that love that is unobservant is really love that's all about me i maybe i'm infatuated i i you know i'm enjoying this person because i enjoy them but not for them but love that's truly love of the other is very Mm quick-eyed you know observant notices the least thing Uh, and Mm -hmm. and here there's just it says observing me grow slack Mm -hmm. there's it's not a dramatic thing that love notices here just a little you know you, de- you decelerated as you came in the door. <laughs> yeah, love is reading the body language of his guest and responding to it in a very kind of live, moment-by-moment um, attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and love drew nearer to me. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of spatial image that we're supposed to have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess kind of on the threshold here um, yeah go ahead oh just the, 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 the guest is at the door and love is not sort of standing in the door shaking his hand love is at first was back in the room somewhere mm-hmm. bidding him welcome but now mm-hmm. now draws near mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything this answer uh, is is quite punchy, right? Do, do you lack anything? <laughs> a guest? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, right. I love also the way the uh, that if I lacked anything, right? It's the kind of question a host is supposed to ask a guest. Like, uh, do you need something to feel comfortable or to feel warm? Or are you hungry? What can I get for you? Like. Well, yeah, you can uh, get for me someone who would be worthy of the attentions you're showing me right now. <laughs> the whole situation here is what's lacking somehow yeah. because yeah, everything on your side is great. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. I guess I answered worthy to be here. 
Love said, you shall be he. Yeah. Um, but then, then there's this objection, right? I, the unkind, ungrateful. Interesting that he, he picks out two things yeah. to say about himself. He doesn't say, you know, um, I, the slovenly, or uh, I, the lustful, or, you know, I, the arrogant. He says, you know, he picks out from the world of evil, unkind and ungrateful. And the, the characteristics of love or as of God as love in this poem are so much um, this patient, attentive, steady, responsive kindness, givingness, um, the virtues of the host and the attentive host. Um, seems like, what does that kind of kindness want? It wants simply uh, the fact that you're glad that I'm showing you kindness and, and your kindness in return. That's yeah. all that yeah. love here seems to want. Doesn't, does it seems to want responding love. And so therefore the speaker maybe is kind of right. Like that, that what's lacking here is if there's anything lacking in me, it's my capacity to receive and respond in kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So different from other kinds of shying away from the divine that we see in, say, in scripture, um, where it's sort of the absolute holiness, perfection, that is a kind of this fire that only those who are pure can approach here, it seems like God is overwhelmingly uh, focused on my personal happiness and the fact that someone is caring for me so much is actually what I'm shying away from. Yeah, and why are you putting your attentions on this person who, I guess, worthy of that attention? Yeah, but. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not like you, I'm not kind. And I'm not grateful either. I'm not. I'm not going to respond correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the, you know, you'd mentioned the, the appearances of the divine in scripture. I immediately thought of Moses and the burning bush. And the next line kind of rides into that. I, I cannot look on thee. It's just like Moses hiding his face because he didn't want to see God. You know, if you see God in the, in the Old Testament, you're liable to die. Um, and... Uh, Love's response here also seems, what does God tell Moses? Who made man's lips to speak? And uh, the mute and the blind, I, if I say you're worthy to speak, you are. Um, But again, it seems to me that something about, it's hard to look at someone who's seeing you fully and looking at you with love. there is a kind of fire there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Something is, is aflame in this situation. <laughs> and it does, I know there's a kind of primordial nakedness. Is this maybe just the fall ever since Adam had hidden the bushes from God? But we, mm-hmm. we do not want to look back into that gaze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that it's it's it, it struck me as I was as we were going through the poem this time that um, that love says who made the eyes by the, but I isn't as if, as if to say that the objection was not, when it says I cannot look on thee the objection is not well I shouldn't look on you the, the objection is I can't mm-hmm. and and love is saying well, I, I can I can give you that power mm-hmm. um, and love took my hand. There's a little bit, just a, there's just a little bit of force there, you know. <laughs> He's drawing back, and love grabs the hand, so he can't go, go back any further, you know. Uh, and in each of these uh, kinds of back steppings, I cannot look on the um, love's response in his the language of his body is to draw nearer in one way or another. Here, yes. Taking the hand, like, oh, don't, don't go anywhere. But also, smiling did reply, who made the eyes? I think it's impossible not to imagine love's eyes looking straight into yours at that moment. Um, hmm. Yes, and then we get another drawing back. Truth, okay, Obje- you know, conceded. But I have marred them. I have marred my eyes. Like, okay, you made the eyes good. The eyes were created good. But now in me, the eyes are sinful, mm-hmm. right? Maybe Adam walked with God when he was first made, but after his sin was when he hid. I've marred the eyes. I cannot return that gaze. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of where it doth deserve to go. Like, what? What do we have in it? I guess back out the door? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm having crowded to my mind here the, the biblical images of the the wedding banquet and those who are excluded. They're they're just outside. That's they're there's not exactly, you know, the the town of the unworthy. I'll, I'll go to the I'll go to the unworthy town. It's just that you're you're outside the banquet. Uh, yeah so there's yeah there there is this that deep sense of personal shame um and and what you said a minute ago is it's just continuing to bear down on me as as really important to this poem that um the hardest thing to bear is not accusation Mm-hmm. or condemnation mm-hmm. the hardest thing to bear when you're guilty is actually staring straight into love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so he says and no and know you not says love who bore the blame uh, i i've taken it i i've been taking this as a fairly clear reference uh had had is that how you see it? Yeah. This is Christ on the cross? Yeah. Yeah. I spent my time fe- feeding my eyes on things that are shameful and unworthy, and they're not. My gaze isn't suitable for turning onto the countenance of love. Um, But 
love says, no, maybe it will. It's not suitable, and maybe it hurts me to have that gaze turned on me, but I, I'm going to hurt myself and let myself be hurt as much as is possible, as much as I can, in order to... Um, I've borne the blame or the hurt, the shame that's involved in in your turning away from me, in your rejecting love, being ungrateful. Yeah. It's, so here, I guess we have St. John's God is Love m mapping onto the crucifix uh, in a powerful way. And, and the response... Even it, looking at... Looking at love, love's welcome in the form of the crucifix is maybe both kind of requires you both to feel the shame of rejection because in some sense it's your rejection that is what has marred the body of love, but also somehow is what makes you able yeah, the crucifix to bear the shame the and, to, and to be brought back into love. The crucifix that doesn't say, "Oh, don't worry, it's not a big deal," <laughs> or, "Or, oh, that's fine, you weren't to blame." Right. None of those. The the, the 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 objection, "I'm not worthy," is apparently fully conceded here and yet that's overcome. Right. That's right. Uh, I've seen, yes. And and what's remarkable is that it, it it apparently is overcome because the the our speaker gives up on his attempt to leave. He concedes that he will stay at the banquet, mm -hmm. but he, he says, my dear, then I will serve. Yeah. I, I, I can't help here picking up a resonance of Peter's response to our Lord's attempt to wash his feet. Mm -hmm. uh, no, you will, you will never wash my feet. Mm -hmm. Unthinkable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me, that's one of, this is one of the the most interesting moments in the poem that um, it would be easy, it seems like it would be easier for the speaker to relate to the Lord of love in the, a relationship of duty or service um, uh, than it would be to say, let me, let me let you give everything to me so that I can enjoy it. And I think this is also a kind of shyness we have around hospitality and around friendship and around a lot of the kind of most free and full forms of love. That is, we kind of know how to say, okay, here's the right thing to do. Here are the rules to follow. Maybe I've, I've messed up the rules. Maybe, I, maybe I'll I'll make up for that by following the rules. No, instead, love wants to say, yeah, go and follow the rules, and you'll, you will serve later, but more importantly is in feasting on my presence and letting me feast on your presence and somehow just being enlightened and nourished by being together in this way. Um, and at the level of just the imagery of the poem, this line, I will serve, brings 
brings back to our minds the way we opened. This is a banquet. Mm -hmm. The opening scene was a banquet with hospitality, and there's a meal involved, right? Um, and, and so love responds in terms of the meal. And, and here love, I, I, I almost imagine love sort of, in addition to holding the hand, then sort of also kind of pushing down on the shoulder a little bit. There's just, this is love. You must sit down. <laughs> love, love moves from, from persuasion to a kind of a command. You must sit down and taste my meat. What is the meat of love? You know, when, when love invites you to taste his meat, um, and here's where it's getting very Eucharistic, I think, to Anglican and Catholic ears, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but you had said just a moment ago that love is saying, feast on me and I'll feast on you. Mm-hmm. That, that very much, that not only brings in that, that in the Eucharist we, you know, Christ gives us himself, but also brings to mind Augustine's saying that, you know, um, in the Eucharist, it's not we who sort of consume Christ and adapt and form, make him into us, but he kind of takes us and makes us into him. Mm-hmm. There's this feasting on one another that happens in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, also brings to mind the very strange, difficult verse from John where Jesus says, not the bread of the Eucharist is truly me, is truly God, which of course is true, but also says, my flesh is the true food. Like, not just. Yeah. Uh, so that's not just really my flesh. It's, 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 it's the food that's really the food. It's the true yeah, food. It's, yeah. It is the meat. It is the main meat of the whole meal of existence somehow. Um, <sighs> yeah. And, and then you get this. Um, what must be simultaneously a capitulation, but also a, um, how do you put it? It's, it's the, the, the guest finally responds to love in love. (laughs) So I did sit and eat. Uh, uh, this, um, not so I did heroics, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or I proved my worth. Or I, I, you know, to give in to love is to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a holy, receptive response. Not even um, guest has been speaking. I am not worthy. I suppose is the substance of what he's been saying. And now, there's nothing to say. Just to, yeah. And he receive and enjoy. And finally, with the Eucharist, that is something that we experience is that it's not finally something to talk about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's simply to be received. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, could we circle back now, having talked through it, and just read the poem once more? Yeah. Are you going to, or should I? Um, well, I guess I made you do it the first time, so I'll do it this time. <laughs> Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew near to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything, 
Against, I answered, worthy to be here? Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful, ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Wonder, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Eucharistic Podcast at Wyoming Catholic College. To learn more about Wyoming Catholic College, visit wyomingcatholic.edu.